نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So in the previous session we were discussing regarding the hellfire and paradise and we were discussing how the hellfire and the paradise they have already been created and it is the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah they have already been created and that they will not come to an end it was mentioned wa kullu shay'in mimma awjabu Allah 'alayhi al-fana' yafna illa al-jannah wan-nar wal-'arsh wal-kursi wal-sur wal-qalam wal-lawh that everything that Allah has decreed will perish, will indeed perish, except the paradise and hell, and the throne, and the footstool, and the horn, and the pen, and the preserved tablet. None of these things will ever perish, ثم يبعث الله الخلق على ما أماتهم عليه يوم القيامة. Then Allah will raise up the people upon that which they died on the day of judgment. ويحاسبهم بما شاء. And then Allah will hold them accountable upon what He wills. فريق في الجنة. A group of them in paradise. وفريق في السعير. And a group of them in the fire. وَيَقُولُ لِسَائِرِ الْخَلْقِ مِمَّنْ لَمْ يُخْلَقْ لِلْبَقَاءِ كُنُوا تُرَابًا And he says to the remainder of creation who were not created to remain, be dust. Then after that, وَالْإِيمَانُ بِالْقَصَاصِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ بَيْنَ الْخَلْقِ كُلِّهِمْ بَنِي آدَمْ وَالسِّبَاعِ وَالْهَوَامِ حَتَّى لِلْذَرَّ مِنَ الْذَرَّةِ حَتَّى يَأْخُذَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ لِبَعْضِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْضِ لِأَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ وَلِأَهْلِ النَّارِ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ وَلِأَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ بَعْضُهُمْ مِنْ بَعْضِ وَلِأَهْلِ النَّارِ بَعْضُهُمْ مِنْ بَعْضِ Here the author now says to have faith in the retribution, the qisas on the day of resurrection between all of the creation between the humans and between the reptiles and between the beasts of prey and even between the ants until Allah the mighty and majestic brings about justice for all of them from each other the people of paradise from the people of the fire the people of the fire from the people of paradise the people of paradise from each other and the people of the fire from each other until Allah brings about justice between all of them. So here Shaykh Rabia says, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, يذكر المؤلف رحمه الله Ta'ala من ضمن ما يذكره من عقائد أهل السنة والجماعة الإيمان بالقصاص يوم القيامة. The author here, he mentions from amongst the different types of things that he has mentioned in the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that there will be retribution on the day of judgment meaning that the rights of the people will be returned back to each other somebody has wronged somebody else then the rights will be returned to the people 
between all of the creation, the rights and the justice will be done. Between the humans and between the animals, all of them, there will be complete justice done. Anyone who oppressed or wronged another, the rights will be returned. And that is as Allah mentioned in the Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَظْلِمُ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةِ وَإِن تَكُ حَسَنَةً يُضَاعِفْهَا وَيُؤْتِ مِنْ لَدُنْهُ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا That Allah does not oppress, not even an atom's weight. Even to the smallest amount, there is no oppression on the Day of Judgment. Every right that a person has, he will have his right. Any injustice that was done, then the retribution will occur between them. So those injustices are returned, the rights are returned. فَهَذَا مِنْ عَدْلِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ And this is from the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قَالَ تَعَالَى فِي الْحَدِيثِ الْقُدْسِ Allah said in the hadith Qudsi, يَا عِبَادِي إِنِّي حَرَّمْتُ الظُّلْمَ عَلَى نَفْسِي وَجَعَلْتُهُ بَيْنَكُمْ مُحَرَّمًا فَلَا تَظَالَمُوا O my servants, I have made oppression haram upon myself. And I have made it impermissible upon you. So do not oppress each other. فَاللَّهُ حَرَّمَ الظُّلْمَ أَشَدَّ التَّحْرِيمِ So Allah has made oppression haram with the most severe type of haram. It is absolutely impermissible to commit oppression and injustice and wrong to others. حَتَّى فِي السِّوَاكِ لو يغلو الإنسان قضيبا من أراك أو شراكا من شراك النعال لا بد أن يأتي بما غل يوم القيامة. Even the smallest of things, even the siwak, if somebody was to take that from the war booty incorrectly, then they would be held accountable upon that. Even the shoelace of a shoe, then they would be held accountable upon that affair. لِأَنَّ فِيهِ ظُلْمًا لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ حَتَّى حَرَّمَ ظُلْمَ الْكَافِرِينَ Because taking the wabuti incorrectly would be an oppression to the Muslims. On top of that, it is even impermissible to oppress the disbelievers. It is not permissible for a Muslim to oppress a disbeliever, to be unjust to a disbeliever, citing the reason that this person is not a Muslim. That is incorrect. The oppression and the injustice is impermissible, even towards somebody who may not be a Muslim. La You do not kill a disbeliever if he is in the protection of the Muslims. For example, the disbelievers may live in certain lands of Muslims, but they are under the protection, the covenant. So it is not permissible for a person to go and kill any disbelievers. It is not allowed to do this type of injustice and oppression. Because then you will be breaking this covenant between yourself and Allah. You're going against the rules of Islam. By killing a disbeliever unjustly without right. So you will be held accountable upon that on the day of judgment. You will be held accountable for your wrong, for your injustice, for your oppression. وَكَذَلِكَ حَرَّمَ الظُّلْمَ لِلْحَيْوَانَاتِ مِنَ الْإِبْلِ وَالْبَقَرِ وَالْغَنَمِ وَحَرَّمَ حَتَّى قَتْلَ النَّمَلِ 
to the extent that Allah has made it impermissible for you to do injustice even to the animals. It is not allowed for you to wrong or to oppress or to do injustice even to the animals, the camels or the cows or the sheep, even the ants. You are not permitted to do wrong or injustice to these animals. Uh, and there are some narrations regarding that. Sheikh Rabia mentions a hadith here regarding this affair of not oppressing even the animals. Then after that he mentions, وَإِذَا كَانَ الظُّلْمُ بَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ فَإِنْ كَانَ شِرْكًا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ فَإِنَّ هَذَا ظُلْمَ وَهَضْمٌ لِحَقِّ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَنَقِيضُ الْغَايَةِ الَّتِي خُلِقَ مِنْ أَجْلِهَا There are basically three types of oppression. There are basically three types of oppression. One type of oppression, one type of ظلم is the ظلم that you do between yourself and Allah. The oppression that you commit between yourself and Allah. And that is when a person performs shirk. When you perform shirk, then you are committing this oppression between yourself and Allah. It is the right of Allah upon you that you worship Him alone and do not associate any partners. The right of Allah upon His servants is that they worship Him alone and do not associate any partners. So if you were to perform shirk, then you have taken that right, the right which is between yourself and Allah, you have broken that right, the right of Allah upon you. And if a person breaks that right, the right of Allah upon you, that you worship Allah upon Tawheed, and then you die without making repentance, then your sin cannot be forgiven. Shirk is not forgiven. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive that you commit shirk and he forgives besides that to whom he wills. So this first type of oppression is the oppression that you commit between yourself and Allah. The oppression that you commit shirk because Allah did not create you to commit shirk. Allah created you and your objective is to worship him upon Tawheed. Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create the jinn or the humans except for them to worship me. Then there is another type of oppression. Or before we get to that, if a person commits this type of oppression, the oppression between yourself and Allah, by taking that right of Tawheed and performing shirk instead. If you die without repentance, you'll be in the hellfire forever. If that is a shirk al-akbar you have committed. But if a person commits that and then repents before dying, sincerely repents before dying, then that is forgiven. It is only if a person dies without repentance that you will be in the fire and punishable for it. Another type of oppression is the oppression that you commit between yourself and other people. 
the oppression that you commit between yourself and other people by wronging somebody else, by taking the right of somebody else, by doing some injustice to somebody else, now you have taken the right of another person. And this type of oppression, if you die upon it, then again it cannot be forgiven. If you die upon this type of oppression, it will not be forgiven until the rights are returned on the Day of Judgment. If you have taken the right of another person and you die upon that without repentance, then it cannot be forgiven until the rights are returned to the people who deserve them on the Day of Judgment. That is the retribution which will occur on the Day of Judgment. You have wronged somebody, you have oppressed somebody, and you die without repenting from it, then it can't just be forgiven. On the Day of Judgment, the retribution must occur. The rights and the justice must be done. The rights must be returned. That's what will occur. So, وَتَظَالُمٌ تَظَالُمٌ فِي مَا بَيْنَ الْعِبَادِ فَهَذَا لَا يَسْقُطْ The oppression which occurs between the servants, then this is not something we can, which can just be overwritten. لَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَأْخُذَ اللَّهُ بِحَقِّ الْمَظْلُومِ مِنَ الظَّالِمِ Allah will take the right from the oppressor and give it back to the oppressed. حَتَّى أَهْلَ الْجَنَّةِ بَعْضِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْضٍ حَتَّى أَهْلَ الْجَنَّةِ بَعْضَهُمْ مِنْ بَعْضٍ Even the people of paradise between themselves, if they had oppressed each other, the rights will be returned. Mutually the rights will be returned. وَأَهْلَ النَّارِ بَعْضَهُمْ مِنْ بَعْضٍ and the people of the fire, they will return the rights to each other, whoever has returned or oppressed each other. Wal'aqs and the opposite. Even the people of the fire, they will get their rights back from the people of paradise. If there were some people of paradise who had wronged some of the people of hellfire, those people of the hellfire will get their rights back still. Because this is from the justice. لِأَنَّ هَذَا مُقْتَضَى عَدْلِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى فَلَقْتِصَاصٍ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَلِلْكُفَارِ مِنَ الْكُفَارِ وَمِنَ الْجَمِيعِ So this retribution, this returning of the rights will be between all of the people. Between the believers and the believers and the disbelievers and the disbelievers, etc. All of the people, the rights will be returned. بَعْدَ أن اجتاز الناس الصراط ويجتازون النار يوفقهم الله تبارك وتعالى على قنطرة بين الجنة والنار فيقتص لبعضهم من بعض. So when the people they have gone over the path, the bridge, and they've gone over the قنطرة, which some of the scholars say is another bridge, then at that stage Allah سبحانه وتعالى gives them the the inspiration, the success to then return the mutual rights back to each other. The Muslim returns the right of the Muslim, the Kafir to the Kafir, and the opposite, the Kafir from the Muslim and the Muslim from the Kafir. All of the rights will be returned, and that is the perfect justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody is oppressed at all. Everyone receives their rights back. وَكَذَلِكَ يَقْتَصْ لَتَأُدَّنَّ الْحُقُوقَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ حَتَّى يُقَادُ أَوْ يَنْقَادُ 
أو يقاد لشات الجلحاء من شات القرناء. So all of the rights of the people will be returned on the day of judgment. Even the goat that had the horns, if it hit or oppressed another goat which did not have horns, then on the day of judgment the rights will be returned back between those two. The one with the horns oppressed the other one who did not have horns. Then the rights will be returned between them even on the day of judgment. Even between the animals. Because the one which has the horns no doubt is stronger. And the one who does not have them is weak. So if the one with the strength oppressed the one that was weak. Then on the day of judgment that right will be returned back even between the animals. And that's why it says here, even between the reptiles and the beasts and the ants, anyone, all of those types of animals, the rights will be returned because the reasoning is the same, that justice will be done between them. says regarding a particular text, about the beasts and about the ants. He says, I have not seen any particular text specifying that. But from the generality of the narrations, it could be deduced. From the generality of the narrations, it could be understood that all of the animals and everything, the justice will be done. And this is from the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَكَمَا قُلْنَا هَذَا يَتِمُّ عَلَى الْقَنْطَرَةِ الَّتِي تُنْصَبُ جِسْرًا بَيْنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ بَعْدَ الصِّرَاطِ And this retribution, many of the scholars they say it will occur upon the qantara. And the qantara, some of the scholars have mentioned, is another bridge after the main bridge. There is the main bridge, the one that is sharper than a sword and thinner than a hair and has claws upon it and it is slippery and the people will cross over it, that bridge which is over hellfire. Then after that, some of the scholars, they say, there is another bridge known as Al-Qantara. And that's where this retribution occurs. And some of the scholars, they say, actually the Qantara is the final part of the main bridge. The actual bridge, the last section of it is known as the Qantara. But other scholars say, no, actually later on there's another bridge which comes known as the Qantara. But in any case, that is where many of the scholars, they say, the mutual rights of the people will be returned. After that then, that then highlights to you, that a person who commits oppression to other people, then you must repent from that. Even any type of oppression. Allah said in the Hadith Qudsi, I've made oppression haram. So any type of oppression that you commit, whether it is between yourself and yourself by committing sins, that is one type of oppression that you commit sins, and that is oppressing yourself. Or you commit the oppression to other people, or you commit the oppression to the rights of Allah, i.e. shirk, then you must repent from all of those affairs before the time it ends. Repent by sincerely asking Allah for forgiveness, 
by making a resolute decision never to return back to that sin, by regretting over what you did. All of these are from the conditions of the tawbah. And to perform that tawbah before the soul, it comes to exit your body, before the gharghara. يَقْبَلُ اللَّهُ تَوْبَةَ الْعَبْدِ مَا لَمْ And before the sun rises from the west, then the tawbah must be made after that time. Then the tawbah is not accepted. So it's upon a person to seek this repentance, to seek the tawbah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then after that, the author says, وَإِخْلَاصُ الْعَمَلِ لِلَّهِ And to make your actions sincerely, purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A shaykh, Rabi' Hafizahullah says, هَذَا أَمْرٌ عَظِيمٌ وَأَصْلُ وَأَصْلٌ أَصِيلٌ فِي كُلِّ الْأَعْمَالِ فَلَا تُقْبَلُ الْعِبَادَاتِ كُلُّهَا إِلَّا بِهَذَا الْإِخْلَاصِ This topic now of sincerity in your worship. Ashaykh Rabia says this is an extremely great affair. And it is one of the foundational principles in every action that you do. It is one of the foundations, the very building blocks of every worship and action that you do. Because no worship of yours will be accepted by Allah unless it is done sincerely. That is one of the pillars of worship. That it must be done upon sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is as Allah said, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ They were not commanded except to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely upon tawheed. مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ Sincerely to Allah فِي هَذِهِ الْأَعْمَالِ كُلِّهَا In all of these actions, in all of this worship, فِي كُلِّ الْأَعْمَالِ لَا بُدَّ مِنِ الْإِخْلَاصِ لِلَّهِ In all of the actions and the obedience you do, then they must be done upon the sincerity to Allah. There is a second pillar too. Worship and obedience can only be accepted if it is done with two pillars. One of them is sincerity to Allah, and the other one is what is the other one? Who remembers from the kids? What is the other pillar for the worship to be accepted? Sincerity, al-ikhlas, and has to be upon the Quran and the Sunnah. يعني المتابعة. You must be following the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And that will come to in a moment. Firstly, the first pillar which is sincerity. Al-Ikhlas. Al-Ikhlas, the Shaykh says, يُنَافِي هَذَا الْإِخْلَاسِ الشرك. What is it that opposes this sincerity? What is it that negates and opposes Al-Ikhlas? It is a shirk that you associate partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيُنَافِيهِ الْرِيَاءِ 
والرياء فيه تفصيل إن كان من أصل العمل لا ينهضه إلا حب السمعة وحب مرآت الناس فهذا عمل حابط ولا يكاد يصدر إلا من منافق ولا يصدر من المسلم Another something which can oppose your sincerity One of the things which goes against sincerity is shirk That you associate partners to Allah Then you're not being sincere to Allah Another thing which opposes sincerity is showing off Showing off is something else which opposes the sincerity of your worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this showing off, if it was from the very beginning of your worship, from the very foundation of your worship, the whole worship that you do, it was only done for the sake of showing off. You only got up for the sake of getting up to do this worship to show off. So if everything you do is just for showing off, all of the worship that you did was just for the sake of showing off, then your actions are fallen. Your actions are nullified. Your actions are finished. But this type of showing off where you are doing everything, all of your action purely for showing off, then that will rarely occur from a Muslim. It will not occur from a Muslim. That will not occur from a Muslim. That occurs from a munafiq. That occurs from a hypocrite. A person who is apparently showing Islam, but in reality he is upon disbelief. So that type of showing off, it is the showing off which occurs from the munafiq. وَلَا يَصْدُرُ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِ It does not occur from a Muslim. وَقَدْ يَطْرَأُ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ خِلَالْ عَمَلِهِ مِنْ صَلَاةٍ أَوْ صَدَقَةٍ أَوْ جِهَادٍ أَوْ غَيْرِهِ وَلَكِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ الصَّادِقَ يَتَخَلَّصُ مِنْهِ Some Muslims, they may be doing some worship, and during that worship, this idea comes to your mind. This whispering comes to your mind to show off. To make your action more beautiful, to make it longer because you see somebody is watching you. This idea, this whisper may come to you. But when that whisper comes to you, the true sincere believer, then you block that whisper. You do not allow to make yourself do your worship more beautiful just to show that person who is watching you. Or to make your worship longer. Make your prayer longer just because you know somebody is watching you now. You do not do that. If you are sincere and you are pure, then you stop that and you block that whispering which is coming to you. So that is how a believer behaves. So a believer, if he is afflicted by anything from the shaitan, whatever that may be, if he is afflicted by some whispering, then he repels that whispering. He does not allow it to come over him and to be influenced by it. وَالْأَمْرُ بِالْإِخْلَاصِ وَرَدَ فِي آيَاتٍ كَثِيرًا وَأَحَادِيثٍ كَثِيرًا And this affair of being sincere, it is mentioned in many ayat and in many ahadith. 
والتحذير من الرياء كذلك and warning from the shirk or from the showing off also there are many narrations regarding it in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the munafiqeen the hypocrites يُرَاءُونَ النَّاسَ وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا They show the people. They show off to the people. And they do not remember Allah except a little. So the munafiqeen, they were doing the actions just to show the people. Just to pretend to the people that they are Muslims too. So their worship was not sincere for the sake of Allah. Their worship was simply to show the other people that they are Muslims as well. And really they were not Muslims. Uh, there are other ayat also where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions regarding the showing off and the warning from it. There are a hadith from the sunnah of the Prophet also. There is a hadith where the Prophet mentioned uh, that on the day of judgment, it will be said to the people who used to show off, That go to the people who you used to show off in front of in the world, see if you find any reward from them now. See if they will give you any reward for the showing off you used to do. And of course you will find not a single reward from them. Then there is another ayah in the Quran which tells us we must do everything sincerely. فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا That whomsoever wishes to meet his Lord, who desires the meeting of his Lord, then let him do the righteous actions. And do not commit any shirk with his Lord. Do not associate any partners to his Lord. So where it says do not associate any partners to his Lord, this indicates al-ikhlas, sincerity to Allah. And this ayah also includes the second pillar, which is following the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, where it says, فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا Then let him do the righteous actions. The righteous actions are those that are done in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. The righteous actions are those that are done in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. And as for the actions that you do not associate partners with Allah, then they are the actions of al-ikhlas. So this ayah in Surah Al-Kahf at the end, it shows to you both pillars of the acceptable actions. That they must be done sincerely for Allah and that they must be done in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. And this is actually something which is mentioned in the Shahada. For example, when you say, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. That I bear testification Muhammad 
is the messenger of Allah, is the servant of Allah and his messenger. This testification of yours, it includes four affairs as the scholars mention. It indicates ta'atuhu fima amara. That you will obey the Prophet ﷺ in that which he commanded you. وَاجْتِنَابُ مَا نَهَا عَنْهُ That you will stay away from that which he prohibited you from. وَتَصْدِيقُهُ فِيمَا أَخْبَرَهُ And that you will believe and have iman in that which the Prophet ﷺ told us about. وَأَلَّا يُعْبَدُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِمَا شَرَعَهُ and that you will only worship Allah with that which he legislated. I.e. you will only worship Allah in accordance to the Quran and the Sunnah. That is because the Prophet ﷺ also mentioned, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ Whomsoever innovates into this religion of ours, something which is not from it, then it will be rejected. In another narration, مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ Whomsoever does an action which is not from our actions of the religion, then it will be rejected. So all of this indicates that a Muslim who does his worship, then it must be done upon these two pillars. Sincerity to Allah and following the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If somebody does the action sincerely for Allah, but does not follow the sunnah, he does the action sincerely for Allah, but does not follow the sunnah, then is the action acceptable? He does it sincerely for Allah, al-ikhlas. But it doesn't follow the sunnah, then is the action acceptable? It is not. The action becomes what? It becomes a bid'ah. Even if you are being sincere, if you are not following the sunnah, your action will become some type of bid'ah. Some type of innovation. That's just like the salaf they said. كَمْ مِنْ مُرِيدٍ لِلْخَيْرِ لَمْ يُصِبْهُ how many people out there, they desire goodness, but they never get it. They desire goodness, they say their intention is sincere. But they never reach the end goal of goodness and righteousness. Why? Because even though their intention is sincere, the way that they are doing their worship is not from the sunnah. So they become misguided. Even if they say they are being sincere. And that's why the Shaykh says, هَلْ يُثَابُ مَنْ أَخْلَصَ الْعَمَلَ لِلَّهِ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ صَوَابًا If a person does something sincerely for the sake of Allah, but he does not follow the sunnah, will he still get reward or not? أَمَّا قَوْلِ ابْنُ تَيْمِيَّةِ فِي اقْتِضَاءِ السِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ مَا يُحْدِثُهُ بَعْضُ النَّاسِ إِمَّا مُضَاهَاتًا لِلنَّصَارَ فِي مِلَادِ عِيسَى عَلِيْ سَلَامِ وَإِمَّا مَحَبَّةً لِنُبْسِ سَلَّمْ وَتَعْظِيمًا لَهُ وَاللَّهُ قَدْ يُثِيبُهُمْ عَلَى هَذِي الْمَحَبَّةِ وَالْإِشْتِهَادِ لَا عَلَى الْبِدْعِ مِنْ اتِّخَاذِ مَوْلِدْ نَبْسِ سَلَّمْ عِيدًا فَيَعْنِي الثَّوَابِ عَلَى الْمَحَبَّةِ يُثِيبُهُمْ عَلَى مَحَبَّةٍ سَلَّمْ لَا عَلَى الْعَمَلِ هَذَا يُخَفِّفُ مِنَ الْمُشْكِلَةِ 
لأنهم يرون أنه يثاب على العمل الآن الذين ينقلون عن ابن تيمية يرون أن الله يثيب على هذا العمل لماذا؟ لأنه ناشئ عن محبة النبي صلى فهنا يصرح شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية أن الله لا يقبل هذا العمل المبتدع إنما قد يثيبهم على المحبة لكن حتى على هذه المحبة التي بعثت على مخالفة النبي صلى لا يثابون عليها حبهم للنبي صلى عموما في غير هذه المناسبة ينفعهم إن شاء الله لكن هذا الحب غير المشروع الذي دفعهم إلى ممارسة هذه البدع هذا لا يثابون عليه ولا كرامة وقد ذكر شيخ الإسلام في موضع آخر أن غاية ما فيه أن الجاهل منهم يعذر ويخسر هذا العمل فلا يقبل منه وكل يؤخذ من قوله ويرد يعني حتى لو كان شيخ الإسلام فإنه يحتج لقوله كل الناس يحتج لهم إلا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم هو شيخ الإسلام نفسه يقول بأن الرجال ما يحتج بهم إنما يحتج لهم فالرجل إذا كان إذا جاءك بكلام قل له أين دليلك هات برهانك فإذا ما كان عنده برهان فلا يؤخذ بقوله غفر الله له وسامحه وندعو له لكن والله ما يجوز حراما نتبعه في الخطأ In this section now This section where it explains If a person does an action Sincerely for Allah Sincerely because they are demonstrating their love for the Prophet But the action that they did is not from the Sunnah Then will they still get rewarded for that sincere intention And that genuine love for Allah and His Messenger that they had Which led them to do this action Which happened to be a bid'ah And it was not from the Sunnah though Would they still get reward for their sincerity or not? Some people they quote Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah Where Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said That maybe the sincerity that they had Maybe if it was genuine They genuinely had the love for Allah Genuinely they thought they were demonstrating the love for the Prophet Then they may be rewarded for that love But of course the action that they did They would not be rewarded for it at all Because the action that they did was Not from the sunnah They would not get rewarded for the action at all But maybe their original sincerity If they were really being sincere And their genuine love if it really was Maybe they'll get rewarded for that But not the actual action itself So here are some people They quote this They quote this from Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah And they say that this shows That a person who is sincere Even if he does bid'ah he is rewarded But that is not how Shaykh al-Islam said it Shaykh al-Islam didn't say that a person of bid'ah Gets rewarded for his love and his sincerity The actions that they do They are not rewarded for it at all A bid'ah you're not going to get rewarded for it Opposing the sunnah you're not going to get rewarded for it But the initial sincerity perhaps But even that As Shaykh Rabia he says In reality even that It is not something that 
is just acceptable like that. Even if it is Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioning that, you would still say, what is the proof for that? What is the proof that a person who commits a wrong error, a deed which is incorrect in opposition to the sunnah, that they might still get rewarded for the original good intention they had? So Shaykh Rabia, Hafizahullah says, even this would require evidence. Even if it is Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah who said it. But the point being, do not be confused into thinking that a person who commits a bid'ah or opposes the sunnah, that he is just being rewarded absolutely. That is not what Shaykh al-Islam said. He said maybe the original intention or the genuine love, maybe for that they may get some reward. But the actual action, the bid'ah, the opposition to the sunnah, there is no reward for that, of course. But even the original intention, Shaykh Rabia says, it is uh, not that they will get reward for it, because how can you get reward for a sincerity or an intention which actually led you to do bid'ah? It led you to do bid'ah, so how could you be rewarded upon that initial state? So the Shaykh says, even this now we would require proof, even if it is Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioning that. Then after that, the next point the author makes, وَالْرِضَى بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ وَالصَّبْرِ عَلَىٰ حُكْمِ اللَّهِ وَالْإِيمَانِ بِمَا قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَالْإِيمَانُ بِأَقْدَارِ اللَّهِ كُلِّهَا خَيْرِهَا وَشَرِّهَا حُلْوِهَا وَمُرِّهَا قَدْ عَلِمَ اللَّهُ مَا الْعِبَادُ عَامِلُونَ وَإِلَىٰ مَا هُمْ صَائِرُونَ وَلَا يَخْرُجُونَ مِنْ عِلْمِ اللَّهِ وَلَا يَكُونُ فِي الْأَرَضِينَ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ إِلَّا مَا عَلِمَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ تَعْلَمُ أَنَّ مَا أَصَابَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُخْطِئُكَ وَمَا أَخْطَأَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُصِيبُكَ لِيُصِيبَكَ وَلَا خَالِقَ مَعَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ Here he says, from the aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, is to be pleased with the decree of Allah, the decree of Allah that we spoke about before, the four different levels of it. To be pleased with the decree of Allah and to have patience with the judgment of Allah. To believe in whatever Allah, the mighty and majestic has said and to believe in everything that Allah has pre-decreed, the good and the bad and the sweet and the bitter. Allah knew what the servants were going to do and to where they were heading, they cannot escape the knowledge of Allah. There is nothing in the earths or in the heavens except that Allah the Most High knows it. You should know that whatever befalls you was never going to miss you. And whatever you missed was never going to befall you. There is no creator besides Allah, the mighty and majestic. So this section now is talking about patience upon the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the decree of Allah, there may be certain parts of the decree of Allah that are difficult. There may be certain parts of the decree of Allah that are a burden upon you. And you find it hard, hardships, difficulties, something which causes you grief and it causes you concern. And it causes you to worry, but that a person, he needs to be content with the decree of Allah. And he needs to be patient upon the command of Allah. 
and he needs to have iman that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything knows about all of your affairs and what you are going to do and the person who is patient at the times of difficulty then the status and the rank of that person is raised so patience upon the decree of Allah is one of the affairs which has been taught to us in the Quran and the Sunnah not to become like the people who get depressed and they start screaming and shouting why me and why did it happen to me that is impermissible so inshallah ta'ala we will go into more detail regarding this topic next week it is longer there is much to be mentioned regarding it so it will be better inshallah we begin with this topic properly next week regarding the patience upon the decree وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن شاء الله كاريان next week